0: Network.
1: The content and products discussed in this program have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, nor are they intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Any decisions made around your health should be discussed with your health practitioner. Welcome to Body Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Morgan, health and human potential master coach and edutainment curator. I started Body Talk over a decade ago in order to achieve my mission of educating and inspiring millions to a healthier way of living. Body Talk Radio is more than just a radio show. It's your gateway to information and education relevant to today's most important health topics delivered by top thought leaders, influencers, and world changers in the health and human potential space. If you love great health talk, listen in and join the community. Get educated, get inspired, and become a healthier you. Hello everyone and welcome to Body Talk Radio. I'm Heather Morgan and I am so glad you're here with me today on Friday and uh, here it is Friday, November 8th and uh, I can't even believe we're into November already. Um, just been a an incredibly uh I guess, productive growth year in lots and lots of different ways. And uh, as we just, you know, sort of f- head into the end of the year, it's always a great shift that happens thinking about, gosh, uh, you know, what, w- how was the year? Where are we headed? All of those good things. So this is my favorite time of year. I don't know about you, but fall, um, heading into the holidays, there's just so, so many um Different, uh, different things to think about that. I guess we don't think about most of the year, you know, we're thinking about, hey, um, you know giving back i mean i it should be that we give back more than just the holidays but it certainly is a time where we start uh focusing in ways that we can contribute and give back and help to others also um you know just the 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 change of the the, the beautiful outdoor scenery and and the fresh clean air that you know just heightens your senses and the beautiful sunsets and and then of course the yummy Comfort food, if you will, um, you know it's 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 that time of year where we think about um, crockpots and casseroles and um, you know roast and all kinds of things like that. I do soups. I do something called Soup Sunday that um, I do on most Sundays, and my family really enjoys it. And I I cook up a big batch of some sort of soup that we can enjoy for the week. So. This time of year is really special to me, and I'm glad that you're here and joining me. We're going to have an amazing guest joining us today. We're going to be talking about genomics. So it's something that you've probably heard me talk about in the past. It's something that I'm certainly interested in and passionate about, um, this whole concept of looking at your genes, uh, your DNA, your genes to understand um, what you... what. what possibilities could be out there for your health. So, you know, a lot of people think when you get a genomics test, if you go get your 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 genomics done, that, you know, that's going to basically diagnose you. And that's not the case. And we're going to talk to the creator of a company called Toolbox Genomics today. Erica Gray, she's certainly an expert in the um, in the field, and she's going to be joining me here in just a few minutes. And we're going to talk about <clears throat> um, a test that she has created that um, is is available to all of you as end consumers to be able to take a look at your at your genetics. And to be able to understand um, basically the cards that you've been dealt. That doesn't necessarily mean that um, you're going to, everything will express in the way that it comes out, but it's just good to know. And, you know, I always say from a preventative standpoint, it helps you to plan. Um, It helps you to plan your prevention program, right? Your health program. How can you, you know, when you have this information in front of you, it really helps you to think about Hmm. If I have a genetic proclivity to X, Y, or Z, then maybe I can do a little bit of homework, do a little bit of research into how I can best prevent that, or take care of myself in prevention. Of, um, and I, I actually did mine. I did my uh, my genetics test. I don't know if you've done one, but uh, we're going to talk about it today, and you can definitely learn about. Why it's important to know about your genetics um, in health prevention and those types of things. So we've got Erica Gray coming to join us. Hi, Erica. You are on the air. Hi, Heather. Hi. Well, thing you know, I've been trying to get you on the show here for a while, and I'm so glad that you've taken some time out today to talk to our our audience and our listeners um, about a topic that I think people have heard about, but maybe they don't quite understand it and know what it is so I wanted to bring you on as an expert to do a little educating my pleasure. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're here. I did just uh, spend a few minutes um, prepping the audience, letting them know who you are, and told them about your company, Toolbox Genomics, and um, really just let them know that um, we're going to be sort of helping people to understand better why um, why it's important to do genetic testing, why you'd want to do it, and then you know just understanding you know about how it helps you to make good health decisions and those types of things. So, So um, can you just start off giving us a little bit of, uh, say, your background and how you got into this field?
2: Absolutely. So I am a pharmacist by training uh, locally here at UCSF. And so for those of you who are listening who are not in California, um it's University of California, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I got into my training uh and into genomics because my parents did their twenty-three and me mm-hmm. and brought me the results and said, sweetie, help us understand this. <laughs>
1: and <laughs> I
2: said, gosh, let, let me look into this. I guess you and, like a challenge. Exactly. And it became, but it became very, very personal for me um when we found out that my father is an Alzheimer's carrier, so he has mm-hmm. one of the a p o e genes, mm-hmm. and I remember feeling a lot of trepidation bringing that information to him, mm-hmm. and he was really matter of fact, and he just said, "That's okay, sweetie, just tell me what I need to do mm-hmm. and that was. <laughs> really would, I felt like I I had to take all of the training I had had over the years on just even reversing my own endometriosis Mm -hmm. with um, functional and alternative medicine, Mm -hmm. and how do I take all this massive amount of data and disseminate it to people so that it's easy to understand, it's usable, it's Mm -hmm. relevant, and there's some evidence to back it up, not even Mm -hmm. some, there's a lot of evidence Mm -hmm. to back it up, and so that's I started working with my parents and then branched out to other people and then, Mm -hmm. um, toolbox genomics was born.
1: Amazing. 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 Now, um, People can go to your website, by the way, if they just want to check it out, which is toolboxgenomics.com. Um, so so you, you're you very humble in, in the way you just explained that because, y- yes, you did help your parents out with their 23andMe. You've gone far, far beyond that in creating this company. And not only have you created this company, but you actually created a test, right? Yes. Yeah, so we – I'm super excited. I call
2: it my third child <laughs> uh, because <laughs> it's, been tr- it's been such a labor of love. But we went from originally just helping people understand their 23andMe data Mm -hmm. um, to realizing that there's such a bigger need because um, our test actually covers 30% different genes Mm -hmm. than what 23andMe has, and Mm -hmm. ours is really focused on health and wellness because Mm -hmm. we want people to learn about modifiable chronic diseases Mm -hmm. and then wellness as well. So we do everything from the kit all the way through to the interpretation, Mm -hmm. which is great because it allows us to control everything, and we can control all the privacy. So we keep everything 100% secure because you're not sending your data off to different third-party apps for interpretation. We do everything. Right.
1: So that's good. So okay. So say somebody gets this kit and they um, they they take the test. So what is the test experience like?
2: It's really easy. So you're going to uh, rub, you're not going to eat or drink anything for about an hour, and then you're going to take these little they look like long q-tips, and you rub your cheeks, mm-hmm. and then you're going to take the swab and put it into mm-hmm. this little container, which just protects the sample. Mm-hmm. You'll send that sample off to the lab, mm-hmm. and In about two to four weeks, the lab will have processed the data, they will send us the results, and then we will put it through our algorithms and provide reports based on what people order. And then from there you'll get recommendations in diet, lifestyle, exercise, and further testing. And further testing is such an important part because just because you have the gene doesn't mean you're expressing it. Mm -hmm. Because our genes interact with our environment and that's what we call epigenetics. And so our environment is incredibly powerful in how it works with our genes. And so what you may not be expressing today you might express in five years. Mm. And so it's really an opportunity. We think about uh, going to our doctor for a health physical, mm-hmm. but why don't we think about having DNA checkups? Let's mm-hmm. see what our DNA is expressing mm. and how that can change over time and you can track it.
1: So with your test, it's it's telling you your, your basically your genetics, your DNA, but it's also telling you how they're expressing not how they're no. expressing, but what you can do.
2: And you, then uh-huh. and then some different follow-up tests that you can do to see if it's being expressed. I mean, for some people, it's symptomatic. Um, you know, they're actually having a, an actual physical symptom. So, like, um, gluten sensitivity, maybe they're already having GI upset. Yeah, um, but for someone who might have an issue in a methylation pathway, hmm. um, you would test the homocysteine level because mm-hmm. a lot of methylation of uses folate and B twelve.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes. Makes total sense. So, yeah, that's because that's why I I thought you said that it was testing how it expressed. So you can recommend other tests then that will tell you how those are in fact. So it's basically information that's kind of like helping to solve the puzzle of you and your health. And then and then it it helps provide uh, recommendations for next steps. Right. So it's kind of like takes the guesswork out and says these are the areas you should be focusing on. And these are the tests you should take to determine Um, whether this is actually impacting you at this time. Exactly, Mm
2: -hmm. exactly. And then for our health-based tests, so those are the ones where you're going to need a licensed practitioner to order it for you. It's also a nice way for the practitioner to have a conversation with their patient. You know, this is why I'm ordering some of these tests, and this is why we're doing these different um, lifestyle changes for you as well, because Mm -hmm. between your your tests and your DNA, this is what we're finding.
1: Mm. Absolutely. So important. So it really, it really does allow for people to um, just, you know, focus and zero in on the aspects of their health that are the most meaningful and the most important. I know that a lot of people out there have heard of 23andMe. There's commercials for it. There's, you know, I mean, I even think you can walk through like Walmart and Target and those places now and pick one up, right? So it's become... Yeah, it's it's become quite mainstream. And so I think when people think about genetic testing, they think about tests like 23andMe. How does yours differ from, say, the 23andMe test?
2: Yeah, so um, the number one place um, that we always start with is, is privacy. Um, because we de-identify all of the data, um, we actually store it in two different servers, and it's, privacy is incredibly important to us. The DNA samples are automatically destroyed, um, I believe it's after two or three months by the lab. That's just automatically set mm-hmm. up. You can email us at any point, and we will destroy all of your data. So mm-hmm. You will be completely out of existence. Um, As I mentioned earlier, we control everything from end to end, so from the kit to the report, so there's no need to use a third-party interpretation so that we keep that privacy um, in place. And we don't share anyone's data anywhere with any anybody Um, versus with 23andMe. They shared a lot of de-identified aggregated data. You know, with GlaxoSmithKline, they had that big deal that came out.
1: And Yeah, I think a lot of people were worried about their data being shared. Yes, and unfortunately,
2: um, when a lot of people consented to doing research with 23andMe, they didn't realize that their samples were also retained. And so there's a lot of nebulousness that came into this because all of a sudden people started questioning, well, what did that actually mean mm-hmm. when you're holding on to my data for research? Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't we don't do any of that. Um, okay. we don't do ancestry, so we don't cause any of that DNA anxiety that some people have mm-hmm. where they discover their father's not their father. There's a sibling they didn't yeah. know about. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So they don't have to worry that that's going to be out there. Gotcha. Yeah. Right.
2: Mm. Um, and then just as far as like our wellness traits, you know, we have 46 wellness traits and twenty Me has eight and they have 13 health traits and we have 36. And we actually create a genetic risk score. So where 23andMe focuses one gene, um, you know, like we'll use ApoE. You have ApoE, there's a ch- chance you're going to develop Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. We know there's other genes that also play into the development of Alzheimer's. And so we take all of those genes, we put it all together, and we actually mm-hmm. create a score based on your results. Mm-hmm and then tell you what that is. So at a high level, you can say, Oh, okay, now I understand
1: I'm at a medium risk.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm at a high risk. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, you know, sometimes um, information can be dangerous when you when you get just a certain perspective, or just a bit of information, without the whole picture, it can be quite dangerous. And I know, I know of people that have you know, run their reports and all of a sudden went into deep depression because they really worried that, oh my gosh, I'm so at risk for this, or, you know, now I'm going to get this because so many of these markers came out saying that I'm gonna have whatever. So when you have that higher level perspective and you know a broader a broader understanding of what that risk level is, I think that really helps people to okay, you know, accept it and see it and and then you give the recommendations you can take these tests to explore this further to see if it's really impacting you right now and or um, you know follow this lifestyle plan or whatever that's going to help you in a prevention side so um, I think it's it's yeah it's a really great stuff and we actually have some questions that have come in um, from some of our listeners and then also to I want to talk you mentioned Alzheimer's so we're gonna go to break we actually have to take our first sponsor break right now but when we come back The first thing I want to do is circle back to this. You've mentioned a couple times APOE genes related to Alzheimer's because I think most people have someone in their life or at least some level of concern around Alzheimer's. Um, So I'd like to pick up there and then launch into – A few other things related to questions that have come in, but specifically more related to um, people's health, like, um, you know, even personality types or um, other health conditions that that can come up in these tests. And then um, and what that actually means, if that's okay. Sounds great. Okay, excellent. So if you will just hang tight, Erica, um, we're going to go take our sponsored break and then we will be right back.
0: Sounds good. You're listening to Body Talk with Heather Morgan, sponsored by...
1: EA's CrossFit. More information at 415-314-1399 or at eascrossfit.com
0: Whole Foods Market, located in the Sonoma Marketplace at 201 West Napa Street. You can contact them at 707-938-8500 or visit them on the web at wholefoodsmarket.com Myers Financial, located at 670 West Napa Street in Sonoma. Myers Financial is a boutique wealth management firm, so whether you need personal or business financial management, wealth management tax planning, or income tax preparation. Myers Financial is here to help. For more information, you can call Lillian at 800-734-1124 or visit their website at MyersFinancial.com. you. Yay, it's Friday, November 8th, 2019. This is KSVY, your voice of the Valley of the Moon. We've got fair weather, lots of sunshine, blue skies, and warm temperatures. The high will be about 78 degrees both today and tomorrow. The low overnight dip into about 38 degrees. And look for the remainder of the weekend to be just about the same. Sunshine, the high around 80, the low overnight around 38. So uh, be safe, enjoy the weather, and keep listening to your voice of the Valley. KSVY.
1: Everyone, we are back. You are listening to Body Talk Radio here in Sonoma, California, and I'm so glad that you're with me today, talking about a very important and very exciting topic of genomics. And we have the owner, um, Erica Gray of Toolbox Genomics, and she is the chief medical officer and the co-founder. So, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Heather. Yeah, so okay, so let's uh, circle back a little bit here to talk about Alzheimer's and how genetic testing can can um inform you about about Alzheimer's. Absolutely. So I think one um,
2: important thing to mention is that when we look at the development of something, a third of it is attributed to our genes, and two thirds of it is attributed to the environment. So, which this, so what this means, or what I, I think it is so wonderful about it, is that this gives us this opportunity to really do the right things for our DNA. And so, I often hear from people, "Well, I, everything I do is in moderation." And, but what I've come to realize is that our brains are telling us what is moderate. And I notice it likes to fudge things. You're like, oh, you can have one cookie. Well, you know, you, you really did something amazing today, so you should have two cookies. But what if you have all of these genes that are predisposing you to insulin resistance and glucose control mm-hmm. and type 2 diabetes? Having that extra cookie, even though your brain is telling you it's in moderation because Mm -hmm. of some point of reference it has, Mm -hmm. it's not in moderation for your genes. And so that's where I think this is so powerful for us, and especially in the area of Alzheimer's. So APOE is this gene that has a lot of notoriety because it its development, what they call from genotype to phenotype, so from the gene to the ex- actual expression of it, is very well studied and it's very well seen. Okay. So if you have one of the variants and you're a male, you're considered to have um, three to four times the risk. Mm-hmm. If you have two of the variants and you're male, now it's more like four four to five times. If you're female, the risk is even higher. See, this particular variant really profoundly affects females and can be up to 10 times the risk of a normal person, of an average person.
1: So when you're, okay. talk, when you're talking about variant, I'm sorry for interrupting, yeah. you're talking about this gene, this APOE4 specifically? Yeah. Three or two? Because I've so heard of
2: all three. <laughs> let's dive it in. Kay. So, about 70% of the population has a 3-3, which is a, considered a normal to average risk of developing Alzheimer's. Then when we talk about having the variant for developing Alzheimer's, we're talking about a 4, and so you can be a 3-4, which is that one variant I mentioned, or you can be a 4-4, which is having two variants. Ah. and something for people to keep in mind if you get one variant from mom and one from dad mm-hmm. so if you are a four four that means each of your parents carry the four allele
1: mm. if that makes sense it does um, so that just makes you obviously higher and much higher risk if you have the four from both sides so you would really be the most at risk then Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Now, in contrast, if you're a two, so you
2: can also be an ApoE2 or a 2-3, two, um, two is considered protective for Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And that's a real small percentage of the population, it's like mm-hmm. anywhere from mm-hmm. eight to 10% versus being a, uh, carrying the four allele is more in that 20% mm-hmm. range. Mm-hmm. And those people are it end, end up being protective for them. And what we find is that the big thing that that ApoE does is it's responsible for making apolipoprotein E, which is a transport uh, system for cholesterol. Mm. And it's the most prevalent apolipoprotein in the brain. Mm. And we know that our brains love cholesterol. It really, really Mm -hmm. needs it. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, this transporter isn't very good. And so it's like the cholesterol falls off of it. Now Mm. it's prone to oxidation or the brain's not getting enough cholesterol. So there's a Mm. number of factors that end up happening and even um, brain lipid metabolism Mm -hmm. is huge. So what we know... Go No, I just said right. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Is that structurally, from birth... Somebody with a uh, four allele has a different brain. So they've actually done postmortems on brains okay. and versus a three. So it's really interesting. And um, people with the four variant do really well. They need lots of omega-3s. They need shellfish. It's evidently a fabulous um hmm food source for them and they there's a recent study that came out and they looked at brains and they looked at the quality of the beta amyloid plaque and how it developed in people who were three fours or mm-hmm. four fours mm-hmm. and they compared them to the to um and they looked at people who developed alzheimer's and didn't and the ones who ate um Omega-3 fatty fishes only once a week had noticeable differences in their brain mm. versus the ones who didn't. Amazing. Amazing. So something that simple, again, um, can be huge, but these people also really need to be concerned with a saturated fat diet. Right. Monosaturated is fine, but if someone like that who has the variant, and, again, you need to test to know, and right. you want to do a keto diet, mm-hmm doing a saturated fat keto diet is not going to be the best choice. You want to do a mono unsaturated fat mm-hmm. keto
1: diet. And because really, you're, Yeah, and people would not know this if they weren't testing. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So that's why that's why I think genetic testing is so powerful mm-hmm. because before we jump to another um, new dietary introduction or supplement, let's stop and ask the questions. Let's go to our DNA reference guide and our blueprint to us and say, does this make sense Mm -hmm. for us? Mm -hmm. Because there's a high likelihood that, you know, for part of the population there's a mismatch. And when there's a mismatch, that's when we're going to start uh, essentially predisposing ourselves to further development of conditions.
1: Mm, that makes so much sense. Right. And, and we would just would not know these things if we didn't test. So I think that's so powerful. Like you said, it's just, it's knowledge is power. And this is such is. an amazing tool to be able to really understand what your, what your risks are and what you can do about it. Um, exactly. So we just used Alzheimer's as an example, right? Um, mm-hmm. But we have had some questions come in from listeners and one of them was talking about mental illness and asking about risks for mental illness. And can you actually, you know, is this something you can t- detect as well through the genetic testing? And can you talk to us a little bit about that?
2: Yes, yeah, so mental illness is, is very broad, mm-hmm. um, and so you know things like anxiety, depression, bipolar. Yes. Schizophrenia, all of those, absolutely, because they have found many different genetic markers that have been associated with either a a faster development, a more profound development of it, or just the development of it Mm -hmm. compared to people who don't have the variant. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that I think is really important to highlight for um, mental health is a lot of nutrients play into the development of mental health. That's true. So we know that low vitamin D3 levels um, can increase your low, your chances of developing schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. So if you had some of the genes for developing schizophrenia and you had the genes for low vitamin D3 and, oh, guess what? Mom was low in vitamin D3 when she was pregnant with you. Um you know, all of those things could then really lead to that development of it. Mm-hmm. And I think especially in the area of anxiety and depression
1: mm-hmm. which can be so incredibly
2: powerful. Yeah. Um, we can't forget about the gut because mm-hmm. the gut is our second brain. It, it makes so many of these wonderful neurotransmitters um, like serotonin. Mm-hmm. So if we have a leaky gut, if we are prone to developing celiac or sensitive to gluten, our body's ability to make neurotransmitters or to transport B12, which is so important for mental health, mm-hmm. um, is going to be compromised. That's and right. And so there, it's, just, it's, a, it's a, a multifaceted area, and the genes are absolutely going to play into it, um, especially in the area of serotonin transporters. Mm-hmm. Two for anxiety and depression. So important just to keep that in mind. It's very multifactorial, and we do want to look at uh, the nutrition part in the in the gut as well.
1: Okay, so so if I'm hearing correctly, then if people do uh, this one of the genetic tests, um, the test will um, will will actually show their risk for certain types of mental illness. However, that the expression of that might be have to do with nutrient status outside of the genetics.
2: Yes, and the nutrient status may also be affected by the nutrient genes as well.
1: Oh, by the nutrient genes. Okay, and those all will be, those do come from the testing. Yes, they do.
2: So the anxiety and depression is under our cognitive panel, and then our nutrition genes are under our nutrition optimization
1: panel. Okay, gotcha. Okay, great. And what about schizophrenia, bipolar, those types of things? So people, you know, they know is it you know is it in their family? Is it in their genetics? Because I think that this person was kind of wanting to know a little bit more about that bipolar.
2: Yes, so those two panels are going to be ones that we're going to be rolling out Mm -hmm. um, either later, uh, probably early next year. Mm -hmm. But the beauty is that once you do a test with us and we roll out a new panel... Um, that would be something a healthcare practitioner would have to give them the information on, but it would just be a matter of the healthcare practitioner unlocking that panel when we release it, so we uh,
1: wouldn't have to retest. Okay, you just mentioned, or you had mentioned to me that you actually have the kit available for people, um, the and the consumers that are out there who are interested. There's a certain way that they can get it. What would yes. that? How would let's 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 dive into that a little bit before we have to go to our next break. Sure.
2: So uh, right now, I just need people to email me at Erica. So it's E R I K A okay. at Toolbox Genomics. so I'll spell it out: T-O-O-L B-O-X G-E-N O-M-I-C-S dot com, and we will set you up to be or, to order any one of our wellness products. And so that's the nutrition optimization so, that we talked about mm-hmm. um, earlier our weight loss, our endurance athletes, so helping people figure out what type of exercises are going to be best for them. And then we also have just an overall wellness panel called Health Enrichment. And once they do that test, at any point, they can go to their healthcare practitioner. And if their healthcare practitioner isn't signed up with us, we can get them signed up. Or if they are, then it will be really easy for them just to log in and actually access all of our healthcare um, panels. And so then the patient can utilized all of those other through, panels that we have available their,
1: through their practitioner exactly okay gotcha okay great and so do you want to go ahead and give your email address one more time yes
2: so okay. it's erica e-r-i-k-a mm-hmm. at toolboxgenomics.com that's
1: dot scom Okay, fantastic. So um, again, everybody, we are uh, talking to Dr. Erica Gray, uh, co-founder of Toolbox Genomics, and um, we are going to come back and have some more great conversation around genetic testing and how it's going to benefit various um Various areas, understanding various areas and aspects of your health, including maybe we can talk a little bit more when we come back from the break about maybe heart disease Um Cardiac risk. Um, how about diabetes? We we did have some questions come in about mental illness, which we talked about, um, and then maybe fitness and obesity. So, if it's okay with you, we can touch on those and how g- genetic testing could sort of help people to um, understand those aspects of their health a little bit better. It was super helpful what you said about Alzheimer's and how you explained, you know, how this test can help you. Um, you know, for example, the fish oils, certain certain gene- genetic risk. People who score certain genetically uh, do better on certain uh, therapeutic inventions or uh, interventions. So, loved that. Maybe we can do a little bit more of that. That sounds great. Okay, perfect. So, um, hang tight, Erica, and everybody as well. Uh, We're going to hear from our sponsors, and we will be right back to dive further into genomics with Dr. Erica Gray. Be right back.
0: You're listening to Body Talk with Heather Morgan, sponsored by
1: E.A.'s CrossFit. More information at 415-314-1399 or at eascrossfit.com.
0: Whole Foods Market, located in the Sonoma Marketplace at 201 West Napa Street. You can contact them at 707-938-8500 or visit them on the web at wholefoodsmarket.com. Myers Financial, located at 670 West Napa Street in Sonoma. Myers Financial is a boutique wealth management firm. So whether you need personal or business financial management, wealth management, tax planning, or income tax preparation, Myers Financial is here to help. For more information, you can call Lillian at 800-734-1124 or visit their website at MyersFinancial.com. Programming for KSVY is brought to you in part by the Tina Schoen Group, located at Sotheby's International Realty, Body Best Collision Center, and This Health Moment is brought to you in part by Sonoma Valley Hospital.
2: One recent medical study concluded that our lifestyle choices contribute more to our state of health than do hereditary factors. In fact, lifestyle choices are the major factor in determining most people's health. This is a reminder that the decisions we make every day about diet, exercise, coping with stress, and even our communications with others have a powerful influence on our health and well-being. Let's remember to be self-aware and make good practices and healthy habits.
1: are back. We're talking to Dr. Erica Gray today from Toolbox Genomics, and we're talking about genetic testing. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, so um, really appreciate all the great information you've been sharing with us today, and our community has has really been active and asking questions and really um, seems like a topic that people are really interested in. Um You know, we talked a little bit about Alzheimer's and how the genetic testing can really inform someone on their risks and then the interventions done that might be helpful. Um, Other areas of health that, um, you know, you believe that genetic testing can uh, inform people well on. I mean, you know, I've got a list here, but... um, for example, obesity. I mean, you know, there are some people out there that, that you know, I mean, you you see families in some cases where, you know, most of the family is, is overweight and their parents were and their family was. I mean, is this a genetic thing?
2: It is. And so there's actually a gene called FTO. Um, okay. Some people affectionately call it the FATSO gene. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, yeah.
2: But it's really a it, – so. A large percent of the population has it. Um, mm-hmm. If memory serves me well, I think it's a, it was about 70% of the population. And what it means is that if you have this gene, you have a higher chance of having a higher BMI. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a, a key to this, which is the whole evolutionary. So let me step back for one more moment. The reason we have the genes we do is there's an evolutionary aspect to it. There's an evolutionary pressure that happened. And so when we think about the FTO gene, it really was designed to let us flourish in times of scarcity Mm, because famine was very common. Mm -hmm. And if we could put on enough weight, we could get through the famine Mm -hmm. and make it to the next cycle but unfortunately, that means that processed foods which we know are horribly nutritionally devoid of nutrients mm-hmm. um, are really do well with this FTO gene and so you end up the body says oh, you're eating, well, this is great, you know, and you're eating even more. Let's make sure we store this. Now, I'm I'm excluding insulin resistance and glucose and and all of those and just focusing on more of the evolutionary aspect of it. And people put on weight faster and it can be harder to lose. So thinking about that evolutionary perspective of a famine, the body is used to experiencing famine, and we can trigger these, and I, I don't want to use the word famine, but little baby moments of mm-hmm. um, breaks from food using fasting. Mm-hmm. And a lot of insulin resistance, and actually, um, when we look at our insulin resistance genes and glucose control and type 2 diabetes, one of the recommendations we have in there is fasting and intermittent fasting. Right. Because it is so powerful. Um, for the body because it is that programmed cell remodel. It's that opportunity, like you decide to remodel your kitchen. That's what your cells do um, right. during fasting because something called autophagy is mm-hmm. triggered. And the FTO gene, I, I need to do a little bit more research on this, but my theory is that people who have that gene and it's being actively expressed in the, in the sense that there, there's um, obesity going on, really fasting is a great opportunity mm. to get the body to do that cleanup work mm. because when we're do, eating all the time, um, our liver has a circadian rhythm, our skin, our stomach, everything has its own circadian rhythm. And when we eat out of sync with that, that's when this one major, major gene it's called a clock gene. It's got several snips so um, the gene, like the family names, the clock, and then there's these several um, mm-hmm. intermediates underneath it. Mm-hmm. But that particular gene, when you're starting to, it really gets triggered when we're mm-hmm. eating and even exercising on a sync with circadian rhythms. So we, uh, a lot of people go and they work out after work because mm-hmm. they're trying to get their workout in, and especially with Daylight Savings, But when you are, quote, running from tigers and it's 9 o'clock at night, Mm -hmm. it does not work with your circadian rhythm. And so something as simple as that, your cortisol goes up and now you say, oh, I'm starved afterwards, I'm going to go eat. Um, And then you've got the FTO gene and you have insulin resistance genes and glucose genes. Right. Um, You really may be undermining a lot of your efforts versus going for a walk during lunch and doing some push-ups or some burpees.
1: Ah. So interesting. So interesting. And again, people would not know this if they weren't testing. That's right. So, so interesting. And then the beauty of it is, you know, you can do this test and you can have this raw data, but, but you all interpret it and then tell people actually what types of interventions they can do on a prevention side to help from these genes expressing if they happen to be neg- negative or bad genes because there are some good yeah. ones too right
2: absolutely and again i would never say that you know any gene is, is good or bad mm-hmm. there was a it is there's a reason is. we had it there's a, exactly it is what it is and so by understanding it we understand our individuality and we understand why we are going to create the diet the lifestyle that we are mm-hmm. so that we can really harness that information mm-hmm. and live the healthiest life we can because mm-hmm. after all, our genes are constantly trying to tell us things. They're constantly whispering things to us, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of how we respond to our environment, but it's really, it's the advent of testing and it's because it's so inexpensive now that we can actually hear what they have to say and what they want to tell us, Right? which I think is just
1: so exciting. It is. It, it's super powerful. I mean, that's like the word that comes to mind obviously because just to be able to know okay, this is why when I eat this way, I gain weight and it doesn't make sense because everybody else can eat that way and lose weight. And exactly, you know, or these types of fats are better for me than say these types of fats or even this type of exercise. Let's talk a little bit about exercise that could be for that you can learn about how a person should exercise through genomics.
2: Yeah. So I'll use myself as an example mm-hmm. because As a mom, an entrepreneur, having my own business, um, I was trying to figure out how do I get those exercises in in the maximum amount of time. And so I was convinced high-intensity interval training was the secret to my success. And I was doing my hill sprints and I was doing my 30 all-out sprints and, you know, 20 seconds of walking and nothing shifted. And it was really irritating for me. (laughs) And I finally finally looked at my genetics and all I have are slow twitch fibers and endurance um, Mm -hmm. markers. And I really just had to have a moment with myself and say, well, we need to change something up. And clearly endurance is the way for you to go. And in my head, for some reason, and I don't know why we do this, but when we think endurance, we think marathons. Long distance running, right? And no. we need to remind ourselves that endurance is just a simply a different way of how we do the exercise. It's mm. lighter weight, longer. It mm. is a longer walk. It's a hike, um, but we just do it for a longer period of time. Mm. And so, what I did was I actually started doing bar workout. And they're an hour long and there's a lot of endurance in it. And for the first time in my life, I can actually look in the mirror and see a straight line from the top of my hips all the way down. And it's just the most exciting thing in the world for me because I always just felt like I had hips and uh, now yeah. everything is changed. 20... Yes. <laughs> so uh, between that And fasting, Mm. um, because I have a lot of the type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance Mm -hmm. and glucose genes, Mm -hmm. those were the two things that I really um, implemented and implemented consistently. And those have been game changers.
1: And so it's just totally changed your body composition, your energy levels, how you feel, all those things. Yes. And I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. Good for you. (laughs) I love it.
2: But (laughs) right... I that's mean, the other thing. It's like, you know, if I didn't know that, I would have just jumped from exercise to exercise trying to find something.
1: For sure. And that, I mean, that's, again, powerful. We're going to use that word. But do this testing, then you can understand, okay, this is how my body's going to respond to certain diets, certain ways of exercising, those types of things. And, um, and it just takes a lot of of time, energy, even resources—you know, people spend a lot of money, um, you know, doing different types of things, um, and and you know, you see, like there are people out there running marathons that maybe shouldn't be, and vice versa. So this way, you you understand the best way to eat and exercise, which is just huge, right?
2: It it really is. And the other thing is, because I mean, I'm a huge advocate of doing this for the whole family too. And so doing it even for my children Mm -hmm. is very insightful because Mm -hmm. my son happens to carry um, one. He's a carrier for one of the celiac genes. Mm -hmm. Now, the research suggests that you need to have both of them to to, um, have that higher risk. Mm -hmm. But I really think even just how he behaves, Mm -hmm. um, just having that, even being that carrier makes Mm -hmm. him sensitive. Sure. And so he will tell me, Oh shoot! You know that gluten I ate yesterday. My stomach feels mm-hmm. off, mm-hmm. and and he's really cute. He'll say, "Well, why did I have to get that?"
1: <laughs> I feel the same way. I actually, I actually was positive for both variants, and it from I think from both sides of my family as well. Like I was across the board positive for the celiac. I know. And the funny thing is, I remember my grandmother telling me, like, even when I was little, if you don't want to have a bloated belly, don't eat bread. And (laughs) because she had that. Like, when she would eat bread, her belly would bloat. And then I remember, like, at one phase in her life... They told her that she had to get off of gluten because it was giving her diarrhea. And and so I just remember, like, my mom had to drive, like, 45 minutes to get this rock loaf of bread for my poor grandmother that had to, you know, go off of gluten, which this was way back when, right? And the word gluten yeah. was there. And then, you know, later, my brother... In his 20s was having all kinds of mental health issues, challenges with like anxiety and his stomach. And, you know, again, lots of those like stomach issues, the diarrhea, this and that. And um, and, you know, we never, ever, ever put two and two together like, OK. Grandma, that ha- Grandma had that. Like, maybe it's something he's eating. Maybe, no, like, we never put that together until just, you know, more more recently when I started getting into nutrition and learning all of these things. It was like, wow, I bet there's some sort of gluten issue in my family. So then I took that test, you know, because I always look for every reason to eat gluten because it's just <laughs> so hard to give up, right? And yeah. so I was taking all of these tests. Like, I took the Cyrex test. Um came out negative every test I've ever taken for like anything related to gluten sensitivity would come out negative. So I would go ahead and give myself permission to eat it, even though I show some signs of not shouldn't have it. Then I went and did this genetic test and it's like, okay, I can't like, I can't, you know, deny it anymore. Like, you know, it's, it doesn't mean it's expressing that way, but I do have the signs and symptoms too. So And
2: knowing that means you have got to be really diligent if you're going to give yourself permission because it's a special occasion and you are going to have that piece of gluten. You've got to stock up on those probiotics. You're going to stock up on your right. digestive enzymes. Right. Because, again, you're not going into mm-hmm. it blind anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. the thing I tell my son. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine but you know what you need to do mm-hmm. to avoid the symptoms.
1: Exactly. And, you know, like you said, and that's a good point, it's like, you know, if you're going to have it that rare occasion during the holidays, whatever, there there are the digestive enzymes that help break down gluten and those types of things. So, yes, have those on board. Um, but, again, this is, this is the, the power of having this knowledge and knowing, okay, I have potentially this, and then the signs and symptoms are there, so I can use this to to help support that, that issue. So it's super, super powerful. I mean, and this is all available to people at a minimal price. We're not allowed to say prices on the air here, but, um, but like when you think about the investment for understanding and learning that information for yourself and your family, it's just incredible. Um, I mean, you know, to be able to do, to be able to take that test and to have that information going forward in life is to me, it's priceless.
2: It it really is, and actually, there's you know, just to that point. I'll mention mm-hmm. two other things. Going back to your mental health mm-hmm. um, question that mm-hmm. one of your listeners had, gluten really can play a big role in mm-hmm. that depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so, under, you know, find out if you have the genes for it mm-hmm. because that may be the way you're expressing it. You may not have digestive issues.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> so.
2: right. We can't forget about that. Good
1: point. Um, It could be expressing itself through, yeah, anxiety, depression, or skin rashes, whatever, right? Yes. Um, Mental brain fog, even, that's another
2: very common one. Or even um, ataxia, where people feel like they can't walk straight. Um, That's Mm. another well-documented symptom as well. Mm. Um, But the other thing that um, a lot of people don't talk about is there's a condition called hemochromatosis, Mm. where we store excess iron in our organs. And so for women, this isn't really a big deal as long as we're having our periods. But for men, they don't have a way to get rid of their, blood, their mm-hmm. um, excess iron in their blood. Oh, yeah. And you don't know this unless you test. Right. And if you have the genes for this hemochromatosis, and, mm-hmm. and we do look at this and we just tell people they're at a higher risk for um, higher iron storage, mm-hmm. um, donating blood. Once or twice a year, yeah, an amazing right. gift you can give to your community, um, but also to yourself, mm-hmm. because you don't have this extra iron that's being deposited into your organs and then getting oxidized, which mm-hmm. is generating a lot of free radicals.
1: Yeah. And that's so, so important to, to know. I mean, for me, I'm the opposite. My iron is so low. It's like Incredible. I just wonder if I have any blood in my body. But, um, but again, that can be a gluten issue, having the mm-hmm. low iron, right?
2: Uh, yep, because the gluten will bind up to the nutrients. Mm-hmm. And so it binds up to the zinc, it binds to copper, iron, a lot of
1: those important metals that our body needs, mm, for sure, for sure. So this has just been so, um, so overwhelmingly um, important and informative. And uh, we're we're done for the day. Unfortunately, it's uh, it's time for us to go. But I wanted to um, thank you for taking time out of your Friday afternoon to join our community today and to educate. My pleasure. Yes, and um, again, if you'll just give people your email address one more time, if people would like to um, take advantage of your offer to access a kit. Absolutely,
2: it's Erica at ToolboxGenomics and again, that's Erica E R I K A at T O O L B O X
1: G E N O M I C S dot com. ICS. Okay, great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no X. No X. (laughs) Yes, good. Excellent. Well, um, uh, thank you so much, Erica, for joining us today. And um, we're going to have this podcast available for everybody. So what we do is we take our shows and we turn them into a podcast and it goes up on iTunes. So go to the Body Talk Radio Facebook page or the website, bodytalkradio.com, and you will be able to access this show if you'd like to revisit it, listen to it again. There's a lot of good information on here. So um, Um, It's going to be available to everybody. So I want everyone to have a fantastic week ahead, weekend and week ahead. And um, Erica, we'd love to have you back on the show in the future. That
2: would be lovely. Thank
1: you so much, Heather. Okay. Thanks so much, everyone. And have a great weekend.